0: We concluded our study of Ephesians a few weeks back. And then we did a short study through Romans chapter 8. So we are back to the drawing board. Um, Our normal mode of operation is to study a book of the Bible. And I have thought that we would do that, maybe go back to a book in the Old Testament. But I'm considering having us uh, study through a book that is not in the Bible, and that is uh, Shepherding a Child's Heart by Ted Tripp. So one of the hang-ups would be that we have single folks in here who are not in the middle of raising kids, and some couples that don't have kids. However, uh, I've been thinking about that and weighing those things, and it's not because I think oh, uh, y'all can just wait it out for 20 chapters. Um, if, even if you don't have kids, you probably have relationships with other kids, whether nieces and nephews or you know cousins or whatever it is, whether in your family or friends at work. And I know that uh, you care about a godly influence in their lives, but I also think that the principles from this book could be applied to your season of life as well uh, while the thrust of that book is in in Rearing Children, um, there's just really good stuff about the human heart and uh, how we're wired and how we grow, how we're deceived. Um, So I think it would be beneficial for everyone. I would certainly try to use that to uh, apply that to your season of life as well. Uh, For those of us who do have kids, I just think it's one of those books that we should really study closely, and uh, the chances are most of us have not done that. I include myself in that. While I've read in it and, um, you know, paid attention to it some, I just think it would be, you know, we get one shot, right? And uh, it's kind of one of those that Jonathan Todd says, throw all the other ones away. That's the one you should pay attention to in uh, rearing your children. So... It's important. Um, I'm thinking we might do that. Is there any questions about that or pushback on that? Now's your chance. Hmm. All right. Uh, I will confirm through an email this week. If that does that sound like a decent thing?
1: In the book, will it run like the gamut of age spectrum of children? Mm-hmm. Like what letter- are Oh yeah. Like focus points
0: and stuff. Yeah, I think a lot of that specific application um, gets is is you're free to flesh that out, you know, for your specific context because it's more general, um, and yet, I mean, a lot of the stuff it would apply as I'm thinking through just. You know, shepherding their hearts and paying attention to what's going on in their hearts. It's applicable when our little kids or teenagers uh, and just about really your role of influence in their life. So yeah, it would be good for any age. Do you do like a
1: chapter a week? Do we read it?
0: Yeah, so what I was thinking is we would all, whoever would like to really pay attention to the study, get a book um, and we would read it before that week so that we could all talk about it. I mean, I would probably outline it and present it in class for those that didn't do that but there's even good questions in the back and again that's where uh, for those that maybe aren't in the thick of that season could even help us in hey this is still good over here too and how this would would flesh out but so it would be more of a all of us kind of studying it together like that so I'm a little out of the ordinary for what we normally do but We good? Okay. We're going to do it. So, this is your confirmation. That's what we're going to do. And then I'll send an email with a link to the book so that you can get it. All right. As for today, usually around this time uh, of year, the president will give his State of the Union address. From what I understand... President Trump will speak to Congress this week, though it's not technically the State of the Union address because it's an election year and I don't really know. But now, I'm not going to talk about politics today, sigh of relief, and I'm not uh, like the President in very many ways, sigh of relief, but I have been charged to lead our group. So today I'm going to give you my State of the Class address. First, a brief history. Uh, for those that don't, if don't know, should we agree? Should we stand in the cloud? That's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that'll be good. Uh, <clears throat> I, I could do this, you know. <laughs> Everything we do is big league. <laughs> big league. Oh, it's ridiculous. I was hired in the summer of 2011 which has been a while, to lead what was then known as the young couples or young married class, as well as to lead the men's ministry, which I still do, but we're talking about the class. It was a slow start back in 2011, so much so that I almost got fired. Uh, We just weren't sure it was going to be a good fit. And uh, at that time, we were meeting down in the junior high room, and we were averaging about seven people in class each Sunday. And that was a problem as far as the elders were concerned, because one of the main reasons they brought me on was to try to gather a core group of the next generation of members and leaders um, in our church. So many of the initial core group of members and leaders had been here for the 25 years, or I guess at that time it was 20 years, and they were looking for another group that could kind of be a core for the next 20, 25 years. Now, that doesn't mean that everyone in here is going to be here that long. That doesn't mean that people elsewhere aren't a part of what is considered a core group. You get what I'm saying. Uh, Seven people wasn't going to cut it, and I agreed That said, I was also learning that the main reasons that many people weren't staying uh, around the class or coming at all could be fixed pretty easily. So number one, um, people were getting a little older and they weren't sure they still fit in a young couple's class. They had been in that for like 10 years and they're like, I don't know. I remember a conversation with Michael Malone. He's like, man, we've been married, I don't know, 13 years. We got school-age kids. I don't know if we're young couples anymore. I got gray hair, you know, whatever. And uh, so that was, I think a lot of people kind of felt that way. And then two, if you had any children uh, older than first grade, because we were meeting second hour. So if you had any children older than first grade, they were with you second hour. And you could bring them to class, but you were really trying to go to church with them. And so there were uh, a number of you that, I know Phillips, Anderson's tombs, there were a number of you that were in in that situation. And three, we had no place for single uh, single folks with our group. Uh, They just kind of were floating around and like, where do I fit in our church? And they just didn't have a place they could call home. So we changed all of that in August of 2012 when we changed the name from Young couples, or whatever it was, I try to black that part of my life out, so I don't even remember. I, I'm joking. And uh, sort of. And then uh, we changed it to 20s and 30s, and we moved it in this room, first hour. Actually, if you remember, we were just on the other side of the room for a while, a year or so. Uh, that changed everything pretty much overnight because we dealt with the problems. Uh, The people that were were getting into their 30s no longer felt like, I don't know, am I, you know, too old for this? Uh, No no matter the age of your children, you could still come because it was a class first hour. And we weren't just couples anymore. 20s and 30s, singles are welcome, everybody has a place. Um, And we were beginning to see that core group take shape. Now, Uh, While this is the state of the class address, I have uh, always said that I hope for this to be more than a class. I've hoped that the Lord would build a community of His people on His mission. Pretty simple, really, but those are two words that have stuck out to me from the beginning. Community and mission. Those words certainly aren't unique to us. That's just what the church is supposed to be, a community of God's people on God's mission mission. Uh, When I got hired at Grace, I was coming from a small little church plant that was planted in the wake of Hurricane Katrina on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, and that was like a family. Um, The way that it became like a family is the people that were there initially over the first two years lived in trailers together in the same parking lot uh, and shared community bathrooms that they had thrown up after the storm. and like you could understand how things would people would get close. And so we felt like we were cheating the system because when we moved down there we were moving into a house and everyone had moved into houses and as as the coast was being restored but but there was that community that family stayed. And so it was just very much I mean it was a small town so you could walk to everyone's house and open door and don't have to ask and it was just a unique thing. Now, when I was interviewing here, I was telling Dr. Young about that, about just kind of what it was like, and he said, well, you're scaring me a little bit, because that's not necessarily how it is at Grace of Man. He said, it's not that I'm opposed to that, it's just not how it is. Uh, You know, we're a suburban church, people have fences, we like our protection and our space, and... Uh, And that's one of the reasons why I thought it might be a good fit for me at Grace of Something that I was passionate about seeing happen. Something that I had experienced. Life in the church as more than just acquaintances. um, Sharing our life together. You know, more like family than just church friends. So, in terms of seeking to build community, um, I think that God has done that to some degree. I think we still have room to grow, uh, but I think he's really begun to do that. And uh, one thing that I think has helped is simply hearing one another's stories. The interview testimonies that we've done over the last many years, I, for me personally, that's one of my favorite aspects of the class proper, is getting to hear from you and what God has done in your life. It, it helps us certainly to know you, but also to know God and, and how he's worked. Um, Just getting to know one another kind of past the small talk. We've also tried to get together pretty regularly outside of class. And these things have helped, you know, relationships to grow organically, whether more informally as people get together for meals or whatever, or a little more formally as people have kind of joined into small groups. And, uh, you know, there's grace groups and there's ladies Bible study and and, um, all these different things. And then there have been some things uh, that have happened outside of our control that have also um, contributed to the building of community life. And uh, whether that has been those who have gone through devastating loss and uh, just having to, wanting to, needing to surround those friends and church family members as they grieve... Um, you know, those who have adopted. I guess that's some measure of control, although you feel out of control, and just the group's participation in that as well. So, um, you know, this is why we have since dropped the 20s and 30s name, changed it to the next generation, because as the years roll by, some of us keep getting older, and uh, a number of our friends are now You know, knocking on 40, maybe in their 40s. And one of the big goals is to build community, right? I mean, to uh, become more like a family than just church acquaintances, and that takes time. So I think it's better if we stick together, for the most part. Community and mission. In terms of mission... I have said before that one of the reasons that Will, Savell and I have a close relationship is because he handed me the keys to the security in their life when he and Elaine moved to, uh, their family to Costa Rica in 2011. So we were passing as he was leaving Grace Savannah, and I was coming. Uh, for those that don't know, Will worked in youth ministry here for many years. Elaine worked with him for quite a while. Uh, Will had the job that I am now in. For a couple years, he's the one that trained me, and then he handed me the keys to his former life as they headed out into the great unknown. And uh, you may remember that during that first year, they were back for, I don't know, holidays or something. And a couple times, we had Will in to do an interview testimony, which is really kind of looking back where that started uh, in terms of the testimony stuff, interview style, in our class... And those were easily the best days in class for me, uh, in part because it was so encouraging to have so many people show up to hear Will, and uh, but really just like what God was doing in Costa Rica was just amazing to me, and uh, it sort of also on the community side of things here gave me a glimpse into what could be here, which was helpful when, you know, I'm about to get canned and able to say, like, no, 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 I think if we do some things, like, we can, it'll be okay. Um, You know, it was just amazing to see how God was working from the get-go in in Costa Rica, from the initial open door to the work at the seminary, ASEPA, is that what it was called? Yeah, and uh, to the first pastor's conference, where 50 people felt like a million, and Blake telling me about Will's new idea with tablets and something like that, and God blowing the hinges off to assemble groups of pastors not only there but all over to people from the class helping smuggle theological curriculum into Cuba and uh, the latest opportunities in Africa and you know especially Argentina. I go I talk about that not to make them uncomfortable but uh, I think the Lord has really used that in a lot of ways uh, you know a lot of ways that we can't see. But in terms of the class, to really further establish community, to really establish a mission-mindedness here. And, um, you know, there's just been a joint effort within our class. Will said to me a number of times, I mean, just so many people that have participated with that and how much that's meant to them. Um, and other joint efforts, uh, the adoptions, Grangers and Contrerases. Uh, a group of us used to serve in Binghampton and Orange Mound. Those that serve together with Life Choices. I mean, there's just a lot of kind of collaboration, teamwork, shoulder-to-shoulder, mission stuff going on. And um, God has really begun to do what I think we hope He would. A community of His people on His mission. And incidentally, uh, joining His mission together is one of the best ways to build community. Community was never meant to be an end in and of itself. I think we kind of do that sometimes and we kind of want to get our little, you know, community on, but it's never meant to be an end. It's always meant to be outward looking, outward focused, uh, not self, self-serving, self but serving God, serving others. So, when I look back at what God has done over the last five and a half years, I'm very encouraged. I hope you are too. Um, I had a conversation with an elder this week, we had lunch, and uh, he brought it up, and we were talking about how to better include our group in some of the thinking and decision making in for the future of our church. How could there be better collaboration with the session and your group in terms of how to think through Dr. Young's inevitable uh, transition that's coming? When we don't know, but and, and just kind of what do they want the future to look like in ten years? And you know, and so. Just so you know, sort of an aside, I mean, that elder was ready to put action steps to that and we're talking about how we can get some think tanks and things like that going. But I think that's incredibly encouraging. And uh, during that conversation, I was just gushing about the theological maturity that is here, about how I have seen you guys take responsibility for the church at large. Um, You know, one of our biggest problems early on was we couldn't get people to come to class because they were all serving in other places, and so that's not a problem actually. They were doing what you know we should do, and and serving the church. And so, um, anyway, I just how you've cared for one another through hard times—it's just there are times where we should pause and reflect on what God has done and thank Him for what he's done. I would encourage you to do that in your own time with the Lord this week. Just think about that. I mean, he's done some good things here. He's been very kind to us in terms of building a community on his mission, a core group of members and leaders for the next generation of grace of man. That said, there always has to be that, right? That said, I don't think uh, he's finished. I think he's only just begun. Which means we have work left to do. God has blessed us to be a blessing. That's the way He has always worked with His people. Now listen as I read Genesis 12, through 3 Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing." I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Amen. Uh, So, these promises found their immediate fulfillment in Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and Jacob's name changed to Israel, and then the twelve tribes of Israel, the nation of Israel... Uh, but the ultimate fulfillment of this promise to Abraham is in Christ. It, it has come to fruition and is still being fleshed out in Christ to all nations, and as the text says, even to all families of the earth. So think big tribes, big you know families and that sort of thing. I will make of you a great nation, God said, and we are a part of that nation that he was talking about. You are a royal priesthood a holy nation, a people for His own possession, says Peter to a group of Christians in the first century. We are God's holy nation in Christ. I will bless you, God said, to be a blessing. So God blesses His people in order that we would be a blessing to others. And we still have work to do in terms of spreading God's blessing. Uh, we have work to do until we die or until Jesus returns. And we take one day off to rest and reflect and pray and regroup, uh, worship. So, in in terms of spreading the blessing and building community, um, I am thankful that many of you have really found a home here. But um, you need to know that there are people in our class whether they're here today or not, um, that don't feel at home. This is not yet their home. You know, they might be on the roster, but uh, this is not yet a place that they would call home. Some maybe that have been here a long time. Um, again, I think there's a tendency to be satisfied with being blessed with community and then stop there. But we are blessed to be a blessing. So we, we have to always be looking outward. Um, We have to always be looking outside of ourselves to try and make this a home for others. So if you have found a home here, invite others into your home. Others that are already here but are not yet settled. Maybe they're just still at the door, not sure they can come in. And even if you're one that has not yet settled. I was watching a video this week of a five year anniversary for a church plant in Seattle because I have a friend that is working with them as a church planting apprentice, and he's going to go plant another church. But anyway, uh, when they were talking about the first five years of their church, they said this was kind of the way we operated. You were new last week, now you're a veteran, so make others feel at home. <laughs> you know, And I, they kind of embraced that. It's like we were new for one week, then we were veterans, and now everybody come on in. And I think that's a good mindset, even for those that have been around. Even if you don't yet feel at home, you can own it as your home and say, you know, we're just going to make other people feel um, more comfortable. And maybe in that, you will feel more at home. I think you will. Um, So don't wait for others to come to you. If, If that's you, be inviting others in yourself. Not only greeting and talking to them here at church, but inviting them to your home or to lunch or whatever it is. So, God has really done something in this group. He has really blessed us, but we really need to steward that blessing to others. We don't need to hoard it, we don't need to let it terminate on us, but but to let that be distributed through us to others. So, you know, we have recently started a college group that meets right over there and a 20s group that meets right over there, and that's all fine and good with me. I'm, I'm glad for that. But the real opportunity, in my opinion, in terms of outreach, both to those that are here in this church but not yet plugged in and into the community at large, whether that's old friends from school, friends from work, parents of your kids' friends, neighbors, whoever it is, the real opportunity is for our group to reach out because God has done something here and He's blessed us to be a blessing. You know, a lot of them may not live out here and, and may, may eventually, but a lot of you have, have migrated this way and live in a vicinity and you're growing roots and you're probably going to be here a little while and you've got friends that are doing the same. And I think the real opportunity, again, this is just a core, right? But I mean, the core has stuff outside of it eventually. So for all of us, I'm speaking to myself, we shouldn't let it terminate on us. It's too good for that. There's too much good that God is doing uh, to keep it. So formally speaking, maybe we need more... You know, one-on-one, small groups, studying the Bible, praying together, uh, studying theology, spurring one another on to follow the Lord. I mean, I've been very encouraged by the groups of you that are doing that, and I think it's been only helpful. Maybe we need more dinner groups, you know? Uh, Maybe we need more opportunities to serve somewhere. And uh, I've hoped that some of that would grow organically, and a lot of it has. I mean, this is not a... You heard what I said at first, right? A lot of it has... But there are still people that come in here and leave without ever finding a real home, and that grieves me, and I think it grieves you too. And there are still a lot of people around us, uh, whether in the larger community of this church or in our community city at large. Maybe they don't know the Lord at all, or maybe they just haven't found a church home. How can we go and get it? It's an opportunity. How can we utilize and and go and and get that all i'm doing today is to ask you this week as we thank god for what he's done to also pray um about that pray that god would give wisdom give us ideas holy creativity about about how we can steward the blessing and and be a blessing uh to others and again it's not that that's not already happening It is, but uh, we just want to make sure we're walking with him and step with that. You know, I have some ideas. I don't think they're that great. I mean, in terms of some of in here, maybe we have a few hosts of the class and just people that are always making sure everybody's feeling welcome. I think it's actually one of the warmest environments when you walk in here um, and see everyone standing up talking. And, you know, I think that's pretty unique, and I I like that. Um, Just want to make sure everyone feels the same. Um, maybe we have a few people that say you know what I'm willing to be a point person for you to always say hey this person and and y'all will host them in your home or whatever it is but I think it starts with the principle of the matter it starts with seeking God he has blessed us to be a blessing we get that we want to own that we want to go before him with that I'm just thinking uh, asking you to think about that to, to thank him for it to pray about it and let's put it into action. Uh, One, a couple things, a couple groups of people in terms of mission that come to my mind, again I already mentioned peers, um, whether that be people in the church or people not in our church, but another one that I mentioned before is the international community. I just think it's a uh, field ripe for the harvest. Uh, A few different scenarios that have happened over the last year or two in my life and I'm just not that creative, so maybe some of you are more creative and and we can think about how to kind of engage the international community in our city. It's a large group of people, but I just, off the top of my head, I think of a large Indian population, a large Chinese population. I mean, there's just a lot of people that they don't feel at home because it's not their home, and uh, maybe we can help with that. Ultimately, what we want is to introduce people to Christ. And um, anyway, let's pray, and then we'll have a moment for questions or comments. <clears throat> Father, we do take the time to thank you for what you've done. It, um, it's very encouraging for me to reflect on. And uh, we see you at work, Lord, through good times and bad times. Uh, You have been faithful to gather your people to grow us in Christ and uh, you've blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus and you've let us flesh some of that blessing out together here at uh, this church in in this place and we thank you for it. Um, Thank you for drawing us to Christ. Thank you for someone in this group. Thank you for beginning to form us into a community on your mission. And Lord, we do pray for what is to come. Would you grow in our hearts just a continual gratitude for the blessings you've given us in Christ, um, the blessings that we have in this church, and would you teach us, give us wisdom, give us holy creativity, give us urgency to be a blessing and to flesh that out around us. Uh, Lord. Thank you for these friends, brothers and sisters. And thank you for this time today. Would you root your word in our hearts and again grow good crops that bear good fruit even for generations to come in this church, in our families, in this city and beyond. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we do have a few minutes if anybody wants to throw something in there. It was that good.
1: I I guess my question would be like, when you talk to people who don't like our group or leave, is it because they find us not friendly? Or, I mean, I know I take responsibility for this because I've been in here for a long time. Do we need to have more social things? I've found those to be like, when we've had people at our house, that's led to meeting several people, I'm like, man, I thought that would be a great conversation with so-and-so for yeah. minutes. Yeah, so no, I agree. Do you need to do that more, or what? I don't know.
0: I think it's the teaching. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think that mainly the teaching. Um, I don't know that it's any one thing. I mean, I, and it's not, um, sometimes it has been the teaching, actually, and they've said like, we just don't square with that, and I can think of a couple families that have left, but... I think you're all good with that. We're just trying to teach what's there. But, um, you know, some people are gifted differently, social settings and things like that. Some people are more comfortable. And uh, I think those of us who have been around here a long time, we take for granted that it's homey, (laughs) you know, that that there's familiar faces. And so I think just being aware. I don't don't know that there's any major structural changes, um, but just being on the alert for all of those who are in our midst and and those that either haven't been here as long um aren't as comfortable for various reasons and yeah i do think the social things help so we should definitely keep that going uh, i think that it also helps though because in the large group i'm going to uh, use my wife as an example um just because i think it's a good example she's introverted. Um, Large groups are, you know, one thing for her. Small groups are another thing. So I think some of it may just be personality and gifting. And and that's where I think some of the smaller things, since you spoke up, Ben, you know, the Grangers having someone over to their house or whatever. You just sometimes you can...
1: Uh-huh. So we're going to do that today. Yeah, yeah. No,
0: but we these are th- I mean, we talk about it, and people are doing that. So it's not. But I think just even the thing I would say is, as you fill out the list of who you're going to invite, just eyes peeled and like, hey, maybe somebody that I wonder if they're fully settled in our group.
1: I have a question. Okay. Um, well, or comment. Back in like 2002, when hmm. we were in junior high. I know there's some people that never can come on Sunday mornings because they're teaching, people are pulled in a thousand directions. Yeah. So, forever ago, when the class was really <clears throat> tiny, we did dinner six groups. And uh-huh. It was six people, and so I like guess a couple or whatever. Um, and you'd sign up for three months, and it would be like we would host one month, you know. The Grangers would host the next month, and the Dickens would host the next. And, like, you would put people in groups saying, well, I know they're friends, so I'm going to split these up mm-hmm. people where people wouldn't know each other. And I'm introvert, introverted, so that was way more comfortable for me to just be with these people that I wouldn't see. Yeah. And these three months might be good for me, and then the next time may not be good for us. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. You could kind of. That's a good. See, there's without. concrete
0: action steps. I there's like some it.
1: There's people in here that think that were in that forever ago. And it was just. We still have stories. stories. We still have <laughs> stories. It was good? We still have <laughs> hilarious. Like zone, I mean, we still talk like we still have <laughs> stories. Yes. We were well, just hilarious. Yeah. You're like, I remember when I first met you and I came to your house and this is what happened. You know, And it was awkward, you, but it was pushing you out of your comfort zone yeah. a little bit, but not in a.
0: See, that's what I'm talking, I think one of the things I've been thinking about is maybe some, I would classify that as more formal, it's not super formal, but it's a little more structured, and it, w- it would be something people could sign up for and say, yeah, I mean, I'll get out of my comfort zone and do something like that.
1: Or if you say, I don't know anybody, this is a chance to do it. Yeah. You know. Um,
0: and then, okay, well, I like that. dinner six groups. Okay.
1: How you in two these
0: chairs? Well, they might some
1: of that.
0: no, look. <laughs> okay. Back to that whole thing, some of us keep getting older. Yeah, it's I'm like. That out there <coughs> I was no. younger and I didn't
1: like
0: these chairs. Yeah. I'm with you. That's true. Sometimes people have to leave because of the chairs or the heat. But I, listen, I'm texting the heat. What's that?
1: Some
0: cues, like that. <laughs> That's right. Hey, is there any way to- I mean, they're, they're in like, like, sometimes I mean, I look around. And I know most people, but there's some that I'm like, hey man, every day, every Sunday, because I just yeah. forgot a name. Okay, uh, so here's the thing that I thought about through all this. Like again, one of the things we've said on the men's board is closing the back door of the church. I don't know that we're doing a good job, but we're trying to figure out ways that we can kind of like make sure we're making contact with men and trying to, you know, touch and make sure it's just. Yeah. People are sick uh, the only thing so here's a here's two ideas you pick first idea is somebody or a team of people are in charge of writing down who's here every week and giving me that list if you're here a lot uh, and then somebody else could be in charge of organizing that into a workable system if you're kind of that person.
1: Surreptitiously taking photos of people too.
0: Yeah, just like, just like, just don't mind me. <laughs> or, you know, here's the thing uh, that they do in Umloff's class is he passes around roles every week and you just check if you're here or not. I mean, it might work. I mean, you might be conv- wow, I haven't been here in six weeks. You know, <laughs> time flies. Either way.
1: A way to extract that from the GOL directory, like because
0: a lot of people are I know that a lot
1: of people are not in it, but for
0: me I still like learning faces and names and so like I would
1: ha- like look up somebody oh yeah to well. Match so I have a list.
0: Yeah. I have an email that okay there's another idea. I have an email list, as you know, and uh, you're on it <laughs> and I send stuff a lot. But there's a bunch of names on there. Now it could probably Use some cleaning up. But we could use that as sort of a database to then make our own little you know, the little church directory, the app, is really helpful actually because it has pictures and not everyone has picture, but if you would send in your pictures. But then maybe we could do something like that for our group. Can the app can the app create groups? I don't know. Blood pressure goes up when I think about stuff like that. No, but we have people that can do that. And uh, so that's good. What's that? Oh, yeah. What's that? I think sometimes, like, forcing
1: it at the beginning can lead to, like Elaine was saying, you know, can then lead to where it becomes more comfortable. When we first, um, we been when we first were at Grace, we were somewhat put in a Grace group of three older couples that we would never have um, one of them was an elder of the church. And, like, it was a kind of hard time for us in our marriage, and so having that there, you know, with them, and they kind of took us in, and Mm -hmm. um, it just made us feel very much a part of the the church at at large, and so I think that still works in the, you know, even if it's people that are closer to your own age, but just, you know, you're sort of in a group, not forcing people to do it, but like, you know, there's some organization to it where Mm -hmm. everybody's showing up, and then eventually, it's uncomfortable at first. And then yeah. Jason was very probably. Would. Yeah. Um,
0: but it's good. But yeah. Well, and we do, like, that's good. We do have secretaries here that can help, but I was thinking too, some of you are gifted this way and would like to serve in some way like that, whether administratively or, you know, those are extremely useful, kind of the organizing of these sorts of things, and so we could keep it in-house, but I don't want to burden you if you don't want to do it. So, um, these are good ideas, and I will keep considering them. And you too, keep praying about it, keep thinking about it, shoot ideas, bring it up. But all to say, I don't think it's all going bad, I think it's going great. I just think that, you know, there's still some work to do, and uh, let's do it. Alright, we got to go to church, and so go to church.